0: Support Black Podcast. Greg Hill presents Minority Trailblazer. The podcast dedicated to minorities who are blazing a trail in a variety of industries such as education, business, comedy, entrepreneurship, and more. Greg's goal is to share their stories and hopes to inspire, educate, and ultimately encourage others to live with purpose and passion. Check out Minority Trailblazer, available on GregEHill.com, as well as on SoundCloud and every place that you find good podcasts. Remember, support Black Podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And as always, I'm joined by my partner.
1: Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays 8 to 10 on G Town Radio.
0: Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are closing out Mother May I Have Another <laughs> Month of Very Bad Films with. A very bad film <laughs> that was filmed here in Philadelphia. Here in Philadelphia. We are talking about 2002's State Property, uh, featuring Beanie Siegel, Emilio Sparks, Memphis Bleak, and in a totally improvised uh, role, one Damien Dash Damon Dash oh Damon Dash that's right it's not Damien's Damon perhaps the best actor in the film oh I beg to differ okay with you on that. I can't wait to hear who's a better actor than Damon Dash in this oh I'll tell you and I'll tell you why <laughs> okay. you, you you know what I guarantee you will agree I'll with agree me. with you all yes, right you are, all right yes, you will um but before we do that ladies and gentlemen, As always, we like to touch on all of the feedback that we get from each and every one of you that writes us at Mission at gmail.com. Also, uh, likes and follows us on Mission on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or locates us on the Podglomerate Podcast Network. In our emails, Vince, we got an email from Aaron Fry. Hey, what's up, Aaron? Talking about bad films, saying whenever I think of bad films, I always pick two films from the seventies. Okay, Norman, is that you? Oh, with yeah. With Red Fox and Pearl Bailey, this whole film was a waste of talent. My number two film,
1: I've never actually seen
0: it. I've never actually seen. I've heard a great. Right, deal I've about seen it. the trailers. Because I like, think that, isn't that like, like the, Norman
1: is gay? Like somebody yeah. figures out they're gay, because
0: and- I think that came out right at the height. of of Sanfran and Son right, right, and it was like Red Fox I mean, it may be his only like leading role yeah, yeah I think you're right but yeah I've never actually seen it uh, the number two film that Aaron thinks of is Skin Game with James Garner and Louis Gossett Jr there is a reason this is number two if you get by meeting YouTube has trailers for both of these films Skin Game
1: Is that the one in the Old West where Louis Gossett Jr.
0: pretends he's James Garner's slave? Uh, I don't know. Let's let's have a look and see if we can't find. Skin Game is an American independent comedy western directed by Paul Bogart and Gordon Douglas. Uh, It is Quincy Drew, James Garner, Jason O'Rourke, Louis Gossett, that's an interesting name for a black guy. Yeah. Travel from town to town in the south of the United States during the slavery era. Both yeah. men first meet when O'Rourke sells Drew a house, a horse, excuse me, a stolen horse. Um, they develop a con together in which Drew claims to be a down-on-his-luck slave owner who was selling O'Rourke as a slave. Yeah. And Drew gets the bidding rolling, sells O'Rourke, and the two later meet up to split the profit. Yeah, it's an amazingly bad taste, obviously,
1: just by listening to the description. Mm-hmm. But I seem to remember it being a fairly
0: competently made film. Well, it. I mean... One would gather that it's got to be at least competently made because James Garner, even in 1971, was a certifiable like movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star. Yeah. In that time, and Louis Gossett certainly was seeing his star on the rise. Sure. Sure. This was from 1971. Um, he certainly was a stage actor by then. Yeah. Like a well-renowned stage actor. I can see them trying to. You know, there's sometimes like. There are some stories that you you take a stab at. You take you 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 take your shot. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, maybe they're tilted the wrong angle could maybe be done in bad taste or just <sighs> get things wrong and right? Be just right. to be a little, just be like, a uh, little icky. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I can see this one like kind of like going
1: there. Not quite sure how you get it right. Yeah. But you know, 71.
0: 71. And I think, I think if you starting with James Garner and Lewis Gossett on your, um, as your, as your, as your directors, I mean, as your actors, and then you've got a, a um, you know, Ed Asner, in the uh, in your cast as well, mm-hmm. I think you you, you probably think you are starting from the right point, right, right. So it then probably just doesn't matter. age well. Probably doesn't age yeah. well. It's probably a matter of how it how it all comes together. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. I, that might be an interesting film to. It, it's yeah, it
1: might be yeah. I think that might be an interesting film to check out. It, it's yeah. kind of like one of those old people's channels. They still are running reruns of Hogan's Heroes, mm-hmm. which is surreal.
0: Yeah, you're not a Hogan's Heroes fan, are you? Well,
1: here's the thing. I was a Hogan's Heroes fan and I think you know, like you can't deny how good the show was. Right. But
0: yeah, funny Nazis. Yeah, funny Nazis. Like funny Nazis. Like you can't really get over that hump. I don't know. When you if you watch I guess they were not super funny, but there was there was some com- comedic uh comedy to uh um pulled from the movie that basically provided template for Hogan's Hero, which was Stalag 17 sure Admittedly, sure. A, more than a few years before Hogan's Heroes yeah but it provided kind of like that template and there was definitely some funny nazis in there you know, they were a lot more competent than yeah they were oh, shown, well and that. I think that's it I think you know they become sort of the comic relief yeah
1: in Hogan's Heroes like I don't think there were any menacing Nazis in Hogan's Heroes.
0: No, well, not in the camp. Right. So, you know. The menace was all from outside of the yeah, camp. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But Skin Game, yeah, yeah, Aaron, I think you may have inadvertently
0: put something on the fast track. Yeah. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. Um, and Norman, is that you? I We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Britt Sankofa wrote us. Wow, that's a real cool name, Britt. I like it. I know.
1: I had to kill Brit and eat his heart and take his name. Well, it's B R I T T. Would that be is a, that a woman? I think that would be a woman. See a woman. now it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm more comfortable eating a man's heart. Maybe that's sexist. Is that sexist? I believe so. Took a weird turn, didn't it, Lynn? You weren't ready for that. I was not.
0: <laughs> Britt wrote us about poor, pretty Eddie huge fan of the show. I have a recommendation for you all that I'm pretty sure qualifies as a black movie, though the only black character is played by Leslie Uggams. All right. I like that Leslie Uggams, though. Yes, I do. All right. Who is criminally in only one, maybe two scenes in Deadpool 2. Is she really? Yeah. That's a shame. And I I think... you know even though she's not in a lot of the first one either yeah I think she, she was fantastic though she was fantastic and I was hoping we'd be hitting
1: a Leslie Uggams renaissance
0: so am I because she is so good her timing Leslie is point. I do yeah. love myself some, and she looks fantastic she does. for her age She does. you know what I mean and she's not trying to like you know she's not walking around in her daughter's wig no, or anything no, like no, that no, no. putting on airs Leslie Uggams big big I, I'm a huge fan anyway this movie is called Poor Pretty Eddie, where uh, Uggams plays a singer on her way to a gig when her car breaks down in an isolated redneck part of Georgia. Oh, oh no! Oh well, this sounds terrible. This sounds things are quickly going to go left. Yes, she is forced to stay at a rundown lodge with Bertha, played by Shelley Winters.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: Her much younger Elvis impersonator boyfriend Eddie. Played by Michael Christian, and Kino, played by Ted Cassidy, who we know best as Lurch from the Addams family. Oh. My goodness, this is quite a cast. This sounds like some Texas Chainsaw Mask. (laughs) With its racial tones and morbid depiction of white interest in black bodies, it's hard not to cross-reference this film with Get Out. Also, the stories behind the film's production are just as interesting as the film itself. For instance, most of the cast are former triple X stars from the 70s. Can't wait for you two to tackle this (laughs) eerie piece of southern gothic. The missionaries are pulling them out this episode. They certainly are. I like that. Oh my lord! Oh, uh, you know what? This may have to get fast tracked. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I'm assuming that these triple X stars are um, not not Leslie or or not doing triple X stuff in the film. Who knows? Who knows?
0: Do you ever see Freaks? Is that the one with like the uh, the older like? From the 30s film? Uh. With like the. Th- I don't know if this. Well, like the like 50s. The, like, like all the sideshow freaks. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's actually from the 40s, man. Is it that old? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because yeah. it's Todd. Uh,
1: uh, Todd, uh, Todd, 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 Todd. Todd, what's his name? That guy. Like, look up
0: Freaks and Todd and it should pop up. I'm about to look it up now. Freaks movie. Uh, the movie. Freaks. Oh look it up that way. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Freaks movie. Okay, yes, freak, yeah. From 1932. Mhm. Todd Browning. Todd Browning. Yeah. yeah I yeah. knew it was I knew it was a lot older. Yeah, I don't I don't remember it being that old. I think cuz it affected me that much. Because this one is pre uh is pre uh, is before the code put down cuz well, that makes stuff sense. They, they couldn't yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Freaks is um it basically is a film that shows uh basically uh, sideshow freaks. Yeah, people who used to be in sideshows.
1: <laughs> like the carnivals, like the the bearded lady. Yeah, and like, I think the lobster boy is in it.
0: Exactly. And, yeah. Um uh and it basically talks about it's 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 if you watch it, it's kind of like builds like a horror genre, but mostly because you're just watching these little f- actual freaks running right, around. Right, right, right. Uh, but the catchphrase on the poster is, can a full-grown woman truly love a midget? Freaks.
1: Yeah. And it's yeah. from MGM. So oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, this is a real thing. Yeah, this is not the poverty row. Right. But I was thinking, you know, these films kind of using people as almost uh, um, a hook. Mm-hmm. In other roles, and I'm wondering if if this film that uh, Britt is talking about, if if they advertised it that way, like oh, well, we have pornographic actors in the film, right? Not doing pornography, and you kind of. But
0: regardless, sounds like an interesting movie. It definitely does. Yeah, uh, we got another email. Emails were popping. All right, Sherry D wrote us again. Hey, what's up, Sherry? Hello, Vincent Len. Are you still planning to do a Saturday morning cartoon binge lounge? Oh, yeah. Do you remember Rickety Rocket? I do remember Rickety Rocket. It's uh, one that I watched when I was a kid, but really wasn't too crazy about. My mother didn't like us to watch it, but Fat Albert was okay. I think she supposed that Fat Albert was created by a brother, you know who, and that Rickety Rocket was likely a depiction of us from, uh, quote unquote, another community. Oh, I don't actually remember Rickety Rocket.
1: Uh, It was basically a junkie rocket and some black kids on it, and they had adventures. Really? I mean, it's Scooby Doo. Everything was Scooby Doo. Oh, so it was around that time.
0: Right, everything was right. So it was kids, and
1: they'd get into little hijinks. We could
0: do a binge lounge of nothing but naming the Scooby Doo knockoffs. The Scooby Doo knockoffs, yeah. Which, which—the crazy part about it—most of them were made by the makers of Scooby Doo. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a good well to
0: go to. Was is there? If you like, real quick, mm-hmm. was there any one Scooby Doo knockoff that kind of penetrated for you and like, you know, hey, I, I, I like this uh, in and of itself.
1: My choice would probably be Jabba Jaw. But if I'm being brutally honest, I really like the Chan clan. Wow. I know, right? Wow, Vince. The I know, Chan right? Chan clan. I like the Chan... You know what it is? I like the theme song. And I thought they looked real cool. The Chan clan. I thought movies. the kids... I thought they were... Like, I thought the, the Fred... The, the Asian version of Fred and the Asian version of... Well, the Asian version of... I thought they looked real cool. I thought. They, I thought... They were real
0: cool kids. For those who don't know, the Chan Clan was basically purported to be the family of Charlie Chan, right? The uh, famed detective of of back in the '30s and '40s movie serials. Um, His kids, his offspring, solving solving mysteries, and they had a band. Well, all the all the groups, all the knockoffs,
1: had a band, yeah. Which was
0: interesting because Scooby Doo, they weren't a band. They weren't musicians. They were just you know
1: why? Because they they didn't play that. Nah, this, this, it was about solving mysteries.
0: Well, they was about solving mysteries and going to the back of the mystery. About in weed to the mystery machine, <laughs> right? to, yeah. get, to get hot. exactly yeah. for a little mystery. Yeah, it, see, I was going to say Jabber Jaws too, but if I'm brutally honest, I would only say Jabber Jaws because the theme song. Yeah, I liked it. It's a good one. It's a great. It's a, a catchy theme song, but the one that I think actually penetrated for me, and I think is. That I just didn't mind watching. In hindsight, it was dumb and stupid. Right? Um, Was uh, Speed Buggy? Speed Buggy was good. Yeah,
1: Speed Buggy was a Speed Buggy had a nice theme song too.
0: I don't even remember the theme song.
1: I mean, I can't repeat it right. I just remember it had a, a cool theme song.
0: Yeah, but speed buggy was a, like ba- basically a talking car. Yeah,
1: but you know, part of it was just like just up Saturday morning without your parents and yeah. eating cereal, and you mm-hmm. had that crazy sugar high. Oh Lord, did not. So you were like damn near hallucinating.
0: You were watching. It. You were man. So.
1: You are. But but yes, yeah, Sherry D, we, we are we are way behind on um
0: We've got a bunch of binge, binge lounge binge topics yeah, to throw so. out there. Uh, but that's definitely a good one Absolutely. and we will make sure to to visit it. Yeah. Uh okay, I think that was the end of our emails. All right. Um we see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Christopher Goodnight posted to the Michelle Mission um group. Hey, what's up, Chris? Talking about uh, Gemini Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went back and forth a couple of times about that. Gemini Man, which is being um, coming out in 2019. um, Starring Will Smith, Clive Owen, Benedict Wong, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, Chris says that Will Smith hasn't interested me in a long time. Probably since Men in Black 2 or Bad Boys 2. Um, This movie the gemini man wasn't written for will smith it was actually written for mel gibson in its original form but it had 15 different writers at the at this point the most recent and presumably final writer wrote the hunger games and captain phillips is, and is a writer of the newest terminator movie Most interesting to Chris is that Will Smith is playing both roles through groundbreaking de-aging technology. Maybe this could be the start of his return.
1: Yeah. It sounds like it's a little bit like Looper. Mm -hmm. So like Will Smith is I think is an aging hitman and now, you know, a younger version is coming.
0: And that's exactly like
1: Looper. Yeah. I think it's some and I think at one point this was one of the um What's the name of my list? Every year that they put out of the screenplays of the, oh, the blacklist, things. I think this at one point was on the blacklist.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, because because okay. I've sort of it's been on my radar for years. Mm. So yeah. so well, we'll see. We'll, we'll actually see. Look, we'll see if it actually comes comes to pass. Because Will Smith has had Bad Boys Three on I on the on a you know,
1: on the books for a minute. I almost don't want him to make any more movies. Like, I just want him to do this, like like do Instagram stuff. Oh, you saw Like, him? Will Smith on Instagram is an utter delight. Did you see him in the studio? Oh, yeah. How did you? What did you think of that? Uh, I mean, he's Will Smith. I mean, he's an MC. Yeah, but... Like, what? he's actually an MC. I liked it. You I,
0: know, it was like a minute, you know, spit I liked quick. it. I liked it. He was good. He yeah. Got, he's got the chops. There was a part of it, part of it, though i i I guess to me there was a part of it like the braggadocious part of it I mean that he was doing and and I understand that that is hip hop and and what else can Will Smith talk about exactly? Well, you would think that he would find something else to talk
1: about. well, here's the thing. I think the problem with will Smith or not the problem, but but it's always right there, is that you and I are old enough to remember people call Will Smith soft. Mm-hmm. From the moment he start rapping almost. True. But Will Smith is an actual MC.
0: No, he's, he's 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 damn fine on the mic. Right, like
1: people think that Will Smith is is you you know the parents just don't understand video and this that, and yeah. other. Although even that I would argue is a fine example of storytelling. It is. Which, it's a great example. You know a lot of MCs can't do most of them can't but you know I do think that's always right there
0: see, see but to me like and this is reading a whole lot into just one little verse even yeah. though it it sounded like this is going to be him coming back with another album um maybe he doesn't hopefully he's not um because I there's a part of me that feels like Will Smith especially since some of his movies haven't been really popping right. is trying to maybe revisit Lost Glory you mm. know his past glories and it, it, it I, I I smelled that a little bit off of there um, and like I said maybe it's, I'm just reading too much of him to just having fun on the microphone right? Um, which you know shame on me for doing so because it was good he was having fun Um, but just being braggadocious the way that he was, it just, just came, it, it, it smelled like a little, a little desperation there. Oh, well, I hope not. I hope not. I like to
1: believe he's just wandering around the house. Yeah. Being a rich guy and doing stuff.
0: I hope so too. Because yeah. I, I you know, at at my heart of hearts, while well, I may not be the biggest fan of Will Smith's movies, yeah. I am a Will Smith fan. Yeah. I do, yeah. I, I do think
1: very much. Like so. I like to think that one of them children showed him what Instagram was
0: <laughs>
1: like eight months ago.
0: he mm. said, ooh, this is neat. Right. So Jamal Nuh hit us up. What's up, Jamal? Saying that he had just watched Fahrenheit fifteen. 451
1: on HBO oh I still haven't caught it
0: he says and Michelle Fitz um, concurred that not only was it terrible oh no it was basically equilibrium equilibrium Mm. without any of the fun gunkata I wouldn't waste my time watching it oh no Wow, that's bad. Because Equilibrium, I actually enjoyed that film. That's the film with. Um, oh,
1: that's not that It's Tay Diggs and uh, Tay
0: Diggs and uh, Christian,
1: not Christian Slater. Um, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah,
0: it's not a great movie, but the, some of the you know the actions of it is uh, kind of cool. One of
1: my least favorite Matrix
0: knockoffs. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean it definitely is a Matrix knockoff. <laughs> Oh, that's that's too bad about Fahrenheit 451. I was looking forward to that. I was. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm still going to watch it. I actually. Yeah. But the thing is, I wasn't looking. I'm not. The whole idea of it being some kind of action thing, yeah, is not. I I don't. Right, that doesn't it make that sense at all. Yeah. yeah. Like the trailers doesn't even like sell it like. That, yeah. As far yeah.
1: As I know.
0: So I I don't understand going into it looking for that. You know what I'm watching
1: and I'm talking about I'm backed up and and not watching stuff but then I've, I've I'm like what well, episode 7 because I keep watching episodes
0: i mm-hmm.
1: I'm not really here to recommend Netflix's Lost in Space necessarily. <laughs> right, right. But I really like Evil Parker Posey. I do. Like well, I, she yeah. is really selling the creepiness aspect. She of is, it. isn't she? And I, I think, finished it, but yeah, yeah. And I think she is an example of what we talk about periodically. Where I like that she's gotten a little older. Mm-hmm. Like a little older Parker Posey is a really interesting actress.
0: Yeah, but well, to be fair, I've been a huge fan of Parker Posey for a long time. I agree with you, but I don't think anyone ever knew what to do with her.
1: That's her. I don't think anyone ever knew what to do with Parker Posey. And now that she's a little older, it kinda liberates her mm-hmm. from, you know, everything that they put on actresses to be pretty and be sexy and or like overtly sexy and this, that, and the other. hmm And she's turned what could have been a throwaway role into something really interesting.
0: So Uh, let's see. What else we got? I'm not gonna pop on uh everything here Mm -hmm. but um,
1: this is one of the episodes where people are calling us I was like yeah y'all spending so much time doing all this kind of stuff you're not going to have a whole lot to say about the movie (laughs) shut up (laughs) they've caught on (laughs) Uh, (laughs) have they let's just look in everywhere let's see what's on AOL (laughs) (laughs) my grandmother emailed us from
0: her Yahoo account Oh, seriously. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff here. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm trying I wanna I wanna I'm trying to represent everybody here. No, nah, instead nah, of the nah, uh, nah. usual suspects. Walt Walterson. Hey, what's up, Walt? Um Yeah it, uh posted on our page a statement from Sterling Brown. Oh about uh the the young player, I believe a rookie from the Milwaukee Bucks, who was caught up in that whole Yeah. Getting tasered, yeah, yeah, for absolutely no reason. Um, basically, parking over the line, yeah, at, at like two line. in the morning, yeah. Um, and uh, it was a statement from Sterling Sterling Brown. He was he's a young rookie with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he wrote a statement uh, about you know shouting out how the NBA is is standing with him, right? Uh, he was saying he says in I'm um, reading from his statement. Um, this experience with the Milwaukee police department has forced me to stand up and tell my story so that I can help prevent these injustices from happening in the future. Situations like mine and and worse happen every day in the black community. Being a voice and a face for people who won't be heard and don't have the same platform as I have is a responsibility I take seriously. I'm speaking for Dontre Hamilton of Milwaukee, Laquan McDonald of Chicago, Stephon Clark of Sacramento, Eric Garner of New York, and the list goes on. These people aren't able to speak anymore because of unjust actions by those who are supposed to serve and protect the people. The common denominator in all these situations has been racism towards the minority community, the abuse of power and the lack of accountability for officers involved, the lack of repercussions for the police officers involved in so many of these cases is offensive. This is a slap in the face to the victims, families, and to uh, the communities. And then he goes on to say about how he is actually um, taking legal action Good against the Milwaukee Police Department to continue forcing change in our community.
1: Yeah. I have a friend one of my friends you know an economist where he says this is this is if something's going to happen this is how it's going to happen like people just have to keep suing. Mhm. Like you just have to sue these cities. Yeah. And so, see, cuz you know Yeah. And he's got if you no, if no. anybody's got a lawsuit. Yeah, oh yeah. He's got a yeah. lawsuit. I think these cameras have changed everything. You would think
0: you well, think, you know, I, th- I think I, they would have thought twice.
1: I think it takes a minute to steady the boat.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so yes. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplassier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and top fives like Marvel movies and video games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands, with your hands.
1: Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall
0: off. Can't have falling lettuce. We'll be right back after we step for these messages. You know Thomas Jefferson received a 1,200-pound block of cheddar cheese for his presidential inauguration? That a 17th-century pope spent $25,000 on sugar sculptures for a single banquet? Can you tell me exactly why was Marie Antoinette so hung up about cake? Medievalist and food historian Laura Carlson brings you The Feast, a podcast where meals make history. Let Laura take you on a culinary journey to the past. Find out how food and drink has changed the course of history from royal banquets to revolutionary lunch counters. What ancient and medieval foods are lurking in your kitchen cabinet? Discover the histories behind your favorite recipes from tofu to ketchup to beer. Join Laura Carlson on The Feast, brought to you by Podglomerate. Because food is just history on a plate. Dig in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, our feedback for this evening. Uh, We want to thank each and every one of you, as always, that reaches out to us. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate it very much. Very much. Um, And if you are so moved, please log into Apple Podcasts and leave us a ranking and a rating because that really helps us. Yes, it does. It really helps people find our show. And you know, I'll share a little bit of good news that me and Vince just had before the show. We were actually speaking with our new our new podcast home Podglomerate. Yes, shout out to to Jeff. You know, shout our, out to Jeff, our man Jeff and Chris, our our guys at Podglomerate, who were sharing with us that really through no true advertising of our own, we have. Phenomenal! Not only do we have phenomenal numbers, yes, from where we were just like three three months ago, yeah. But they said we've got fantastic numbers through Spotify. Yes, that really shocked me. Yeah, oh yeah, that really shocked me because like it, it, that through Spotify we are getting like a, a bunch
1: of people checking us out. Yes, and and we thank all of you. Yeah, for spreading the
0: word and. Staying with us, yes, please do. Please, uh, keep sharing the word, uh, spreading it out there. Um, and also a, a quick shout out uh, not even a shout out, but just a word for for uh, a couple of our people that are, are listening. Um, uh, I had some mail come back to me, uh, we got returned in the mail, okay, for some reason. I keep trying to hit the mystics off with these shirts and these oh uh, m- lapel pins, and they keep getting returned back to me. So I'm going to hit up uh, Dorian one more time, yes, to verify. Well, that so is am- he giving you fake? I don't know. <laughs> I think I th- addresses. I think he may be giving giving me the wrong address. I have
1: to talk to Simone, get the address from her. We may have to go to Simone. Yeah, but but
0: but part of this made me think. Are they mad at us for some reason? Maybe they don't want. Maybe they don't want.
1: Well, that would be heartbreaking. That would
0: be very heartbreaking. I also got returned mail from. um, I sent one out to Omar, Omar Dorsey. Maybe they're giving us
1: the wrong stuff.
0: Well, Omar, I actually saw what the problem was. Okay. Omar, I actually inverted the zip code. Oh. So it didn't so it didn't get there. So that was my mistake. So okay. that's going back out in the mail. All right. And I think because of the whole zip code thing it got hung up out there in the mail. So right, that's why it took a right, while to get right. back here. Got you. Got you, um, Got you. But uh but the mystics, this is like about the this is like the third time this. Mm.
1: Well, I don't even want to dwell all on that. I don't even want to dwell all on that. Hopefully it's a misunderstanding.
0: I'm sending it back out.
1: And that we understand. All right.
0: I know. Oh, that whimper was, wasn't about that. I was whimpering because now it's the reviews. <laughs> State property. State property. This city right here we call brotherly love. Ain't no love here. This is the story of a hustler named Beans. Yo, we got to talk about some business. Who built his empire. So you got to make it where ain't no competition. By any means. ABM, we all about that money. Blood money, huh? The only kind of money there really is. They already respect us like the old black mob. How about they going to respect us like the new black mob? Right here, enjoying the fruits of our labor, man. Just when he thought no one could touch him. Somebody did. You touch my girl. If I don't get my money, there's a good chance your chick's gonna come back pregnant. Put your 3D glasses on them, cause you know we coming straight at you. I move blocks and pounds, I move out with small blocks and pounds, move out with small blocks and pounds, and I take everything to the table bag and rock it down. When it's come to Coke, you staying out with me, my chief about to take over the city of Philly like John Street. Beanie Siegel, Jay Z. Damon Dash, Memphis Bleak, Emilio Sparks. Game ain't over. It's gonna be trouble. State Property. You gonna get down or you gonna lay down? State Property. (laughs) (laughs) A 2002 American crime film produced by Rockefeller Films. Yes, sir. Distributed by Lionsgate. Starring Beanie Siegel, Emilio Sparks, Memphis Bleak, Damon Dash, mm. and in a cameo, yes. Jay-Z. Yes. Abdul Malik Abbott directed and co-write, co-wrote this screenplay with Ernest Tron Anderson. Yes. Loosely based on Aaron Jones and the JBM Philadelphia drug trade from the early 80s to the Nineties. Mm. It was followed by a sequel, State Property Two, which was released in two thousand five. The synopsis of this film, <laughs> so that we can just go full blown into this. Hey man, let's let's just go ahead and do it. Frustrated with being broke, mm, okay. Beans, yes, played by Siegel, decides that the only way to grasp the American dream is to take it. The film follows Beans and his crew, the ABM, as they take over the city, creating mayhem as their empire builds. Beans now struggles to maintain his family life while bumping heads with opposing gangsters and the police, coming to a head when he cannot surpass the city's most notorious crew, run by Untouchable, played by Jay-Z, and Dame, played by (laughs) Damon Dash. The, The the moves beans people yes. as they were filming it. <laughs> the the moves beans and the ABM decide to make come with severe consequences. Yes, yes. State property. The final film oh, thank on our May month. Thank you, Black knows. Movie Jesus. Thank you, Black Movie Jesus. And brought to us by one Vince Williams. Yeah, 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 so yeah. We yeah. will now. Hear what Vince has to say. Look,
1: okay. Hey, man.
0: This is a terrible movie. I think we
1: all know it's a terrible movie. There's no real way around that. So, at least on my end, Mm. I won't be talking about the movie itself. Really? But but so much. Okay. The movie is terrible. (laughs) The actors are terrible. The script is terrible. The direction is terrible. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody yes. get that out the way. Yes. This is Mother May I, so everybody should sort of know that anyway. Having said that mm-hmm. this movie is is, you know, if you are at a certain age and like this is sort of a piece of black popular culture. I think there was a there was a window of time that at least I'll just speak for myself mm-hmm. if you went to the barbershop right state property was on yeah like oh the movie the movie the movie oh, was really? on you, you know I realize that I've seen a lot of this movie mm. as I've sat in chairs waiting to see it and it was a bootleg special it was a bootleg special and but but the fact that it was a bootleg special speaks to the fact that there was an audience for it. Mm. So, you know, in a lot of ways, this is a version of the Tyler Perry conversation. Okay. Where you had this audience for, so what does that say about this as a cultural artifact? So, you know, there's that part of it, you know, as far... The other thing, you know, I think there there is an aspect of hip-hop culture... One of many aspects mm-hmm. that I love that and, and that I have great fondness for. And that is the fact that, that you know, going back to the beginning of hip hop, mm-hmm. where you basically had these young black and brown men of color mm-hmm. and women of color just sort of create something out of nothing. Right. And then they made this beautiful art form. Mm hmm. I think once you get to, you know, certainly with Russell Simmons and, you know, maybe you can start before Russell Simmons. You know, Russell Simmons to uh, Puffy and certainly Rockefeller Mm -hmm. was an example of what I'm about to say, where you had these young men and women who said, okay well, we made this music out of nothing. Right. Like we had nothing and we made something. Why can't we have a clothing line? Like, who going to tell us we can't have a clothing line? Why can't we do all of these different things that people have said you can't do that? There are these sort of gatekeepers that say that, you know, oh, you have to have this technical training. You have to know this type of person. And we made it. So I think this is very much a case of Dame Dash, Jay-Z, whoever involved said, I mean, we've made this music. Many of us have had this criminal slash outlaw past. Mm-hmm. We are in videos and stuff. Why can't we make a movie so that you get this hour and a half, almost extended video, almost or 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 you you know Rock Aware because you know everybody in the film wears Rock Aware gear. You to know, Rock Aware commercial. It's a rock. It's an extended Rock Aware commercial, and. From that perspective, mm-hmm. I have to uh, ad- admire is a really strong word, but I have to give him credit. Like you know, why not make a movie? Like why can't I make a movie? And you know, again, it's a terrible movie. Yes, like 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 the script is like I don't I don't know if there is a script. There's barely a storyline where you know what you just said, Beanie Siegel. Plays a, a an aspiring drug dealer, Beans, Beans, which is Beanie Siegel's nickname, <laughs> and then they just sort of murder people, like every much. You know, there's this weird little how you did how you barely even call it a subplot where his girl gets kidnapped. Yeah, and there's this sort of real violent moment against women, which is like, wow, that
0: doesn't seem like that was necessary for this. Well, they found something else to do with the women besides having them ha- take their clothes off. Besides
1: having take their clothes off, you know, there's some gratuitous nudity. Like, if there's a woman in it, that's what her role is. She's nude. But, I mean, that that is an aspect of hip-hop culture as well. Okay. Not a proud aspect, but it is. So that, you know, I think this is a black pop culture artifact. Like, you know, it's state property.
0: So I don't really know what else to say about it. Quick tangent. Okay. But it will tie into where I'm going. All right. Awesome. One of my favorite comics of all time, and I don't remember the exact number, it's a very old story. Um, It's uh, the first time that the Hulk battles the Thing. Okay, right, and it's this great Stanley Jack Kirby smorgasbord of of a comic. I think it takes place over like about maybe three issues, two to three issues of Fantastic Four. Okay, early on in their run. Right. And this is early on in the run of the Avengers as well, because the Avengers show up in this. Oh, wow. Um, And the Avengers show up uh, because the Hulk is mad at the Avengers because they basically at this point had just uh, found Captain America. Okay. And Captain America became came on th- to their team, and in Hulk's mind, you know, replacing the Hulk because he was one of the original Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's the whole thing of he's rampaging, and the Avengers on the round. So the the Fantastic Four got want to take him on, and the Thing, of course, thinks he can take on the Hulk. So it's them battling right in the streets of streets of New York. But all during this fight. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic who, you know, can stretch Mm -hmm. he somehow becomes sick and ill and he can't join in on the fight so he's left in the Baxter building while Ben and and Johnny and and even Sue go to take on the Hulk Mm -hmm. so at one point like Reed you know, just desperate to join in on the battle Mm -hmm. is up in in a skyscraper (laughs) and he's leaning out of the building and he stretches his arms and you 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 know in an overblown stanley dialogue he's like got to get my arm help ben because he can't take on the hulk and reed passes out (laughs) hanging out of the window yes but he has stretched his arm yes so now his arm is just this dead arm this <laughs> dead arm draped across like about 3 or 4 rooftops right right because he was reaching to reach the thing uh-huh but he couldn't make it right that was you <laughs> With that BS you was just slinging, look, man, about state property. Hey, look, it was just a bridge too far. Yes, and you could not make uh, it. it. Yeah, your reed hanging out the window. Yeah, well, because there is no saving grace. Nothing smooth. Nothing. All right. Nothing because I'll even go. I'll I'll take your pop culture artifact. Yes, your a barbershop classic barbershop classic slice of hip hop yes you know, you know this audacity of why can't we make a movie that's right and you go and make a movie yes I'll give you all of that okay bad script terrible script horrible script nothing of no woman of sort you know no woman of note even in the cast mm-hmm but what I will give you is belly. Yeah. That's what belly is. <laughs> belly's still a piece of crap. Yeah, belly's not But good. all that you just slang, that's belly. Because at his heart of hearts, you can still look at belly. You can still appreciate you know, what my man Hype, the Williams, the director of that, is trying to pull from the visuals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What storytelling techniques he's trying to impart in that paper thin story that is belly. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, You can get lost in the gloss and the glamour of it. And even as it doesn't have any, give women anything of note to do, one, at least you've got a woman on the cast in uh, T-Boz and the other actress, and two, when they are filmed, there, there seems to be more of a appreciation for their form and their beauty as opposed to just a lust for them and that's the difference between what the camera does on women in this film because it's all a, it's all about you know there's one thing to to show a, 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 a naked woman or a barely, a barely clothed woman and to to appreciate the imagery of that And then there's another thing to show it and just put it full on blast. Like, look at this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what this is. It's the difference between Hustler and Playboy, Mm. you know, or Penthouse. That's what this is in regards to women. And in regards to hip hop, this is the difference between Jay-Z's Rockefeller and Beanie Siegel's Rockefeller. Yeah. Because Jay-Z's Rockefeller tried to was at least of a higher mind lyrically and musically. Mm. Beanie's Rockefeller is all straight streets. Okay, That's all I know. That's all I need to know. And that's what I'm going to show you. But even in showing you the streets, he can't even come up with an artistic way of doing that. Why? Because there's no artistry in anything that Beans or any of his crew ever did. Oh. There's nothing there. Every, did they every once in a while have a beat that you could bounce your head to? Maybe. But for the most part, none of them was bringing anything different to the genre. The only one who loosely bring, brought anything different to the genre was Freeway. Right, because he had a left, at least a different staccato, a different rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, came off with like a slightly different vibe from them. Everybody else is just you know a cookie cutter, you know, like, uh, 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 washed out version of their leader Beans, who really wasn't all that either. Right, you know what I mean? So then, when you then put them on, on a film. You got to imagine that Rockefeller along with Lionsgate probably got them some kind of budget, probably not a huge budget. Yeah, not at all. Not but, at all. But some kind of some kind of budget. They got a, a $600,000 budget. Okay. If you only spend that $600,000 on your equipment and your director, you should be able to come up with a better looking movie than this. This movie looks like it was filmed on the cell phones of the day. Yeah. Not the cell phones of today upon which you could film Belly. Right. But the cell phones of of that day, they were made for that. This $600,000 budget, this all went to the Rockefeller gear. Right. Because none of it is in the production values. None of it is in any of the sets. They they basically filmed on corners and houses inside of Philadelphia. There was no kind of set dressing being done at all. Um, and maybe you could argue, yeah, but are you really going to state property looking for that? Maybe not. You don't go in for state property. You know what you're hitting for. yeah. So you're looking for that grimy. You're looking for that raw. You know what I'm saying? It can't even give you that because the grimy is 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 dumb it's yeah. it's 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 uh it's it's unintelligible it's uh, is that a word oh yeah, yeah 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 it's unintelligible it's it's um it's like you said there's no type of story story to it it's it uh, and what story there is is bungled with all this you know everybody trying to sound cooler than the next dude and talking in nothing but slang I mean you might as well just had subtitles underneath this joint man because sometimes you don't even know what the hell they're talking about right you know it's all messy messy in that um, and it's basically just an excuse to get to one corny Stupid, blood pack murder after another, after another. Oh, wait, we gotta get, we gotta show some titties. Yeah. And that's all this movie is. So much so that when, yes, the, the young girl, his, his uh, girlfriend who you're introduced to some part in the movie like about 20 freaking minutes into the movie and then you don't hear from her again till right, it's time to kidnap her. You know, almost an hour later. Yeah. You know, so much so that when she is kidnapped in that strangely like it goes like a real violent you know i mean it's yeah. violent throughout i should to be fair but the but the violence is cartoon violence the violence you know why the violence is cartoon violence because just like because just like in the cartoons they can't even shoot straight right the guys are standing as close as me and you yeah and they're firing off like 12 shots and they're missing each other yeah and then when they ultimately shoot each other shoot somebody and if you watch this film you'll notice that a lot of time when they actually shoot somebody follow the the gun. It's actually shooting off. Yeah. But the person got hit. I'm like, yeah. "What? Seriously? Yeah. Like, is this is this is, is this happening? Is this ha-? And then you got that strangely violent scene like you're talking about against the against the girlfriend. Um and when Beans finds her, why would they take her clothes off? Yeah. All of a sudden her, her clothes are off. She's not naked, but she's a but, Thankfully, she's one of the, one of the women that said probably said like, "No, I'm not doing a nude scene" because yeah. she's the only one in here who keeps any type of clothes on, right? You know, um, it's. I mean, it's just really such a. It, it's a waste of time. Yeah, it, it is. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of six hundred thousand um, dollars, and and also. You could, like you said, it's it's Rockefeller trying to, in my mind, beat Bad Boy to the punch because you can imagine that Puff would begging to make a movie right with with his Bad Boy Bad Boy crew. You know, probably what through what messed that up was um, Big Dying, yeah, he be dying because that's the only one that could actually move the needle for that, right? You know, nobody's going to go see a movie with Mace, you know. No. Um, but you can see the. the um, Puff would definitely want to do that. So Rockefeller beats him to the punch. And now this is Dame, Dame Damon Dash opportunity to show the world like, yo, I'm I'm just as good as Puff, right? Right. I have a personality. I got a personality. Yeah, I got charisma. Yeah, charisma. I got personality. I got charisma. I got talent. I don't rap, but watch watch me do this acting thing, right? So he now gets on his curb your enthusiasm, and I, I don't need a script. I'm going to improvise every freaking thing that I say. Yeah, and he proves himself to be not only talentless, he proves himself to be a moron well yeah yeah he's a moron he's a he's a real freaking moron um not only does does the character that he played prove to be just just dumb and and needlessly ruthless and and all this type of stuff um and you don't believe that there's any intelligence a sense of intelligence in his head at all but he's a moron and being a producer of this that you know if you're looking at this film it's like yo Let's just put this John straight to video. Like you said, this had a short-lived yeah, oh yeah release. You know, so you don't think they made their money back? They made their money back. Okay, they made uh, it made two million. Okay, so they yeah, did make that's their money. Not back. Not really that moronic, then. Okay, well, I guess uh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, fair enough. You called me out on that. You did. You did. But you said that Damon Dash was maybe the best actor. In this. He was certainly the one that. I could pay the most attention to. See, now, I think the best actor in this movie who gets second billing, yet he's maybe on here in this movie for, I don't think, a total of five minutes, Mm -hmm. is Jay-Z. It's Jay-Z, yeah. And why? Why? Because Jay-Z smartly barely says anything. Yeah. It's almost all looks with him in the film. And two, because when he does say something, he says it once. These guys repeat their lines at nauseum yes, in this movie. True. And, and Damon never had a word come out of his mouth that he didn't think was funny. So funny that I need to say it two or three times. Yeah. And he does that all throughout this movie. Jay-Z says a, a line once. Next, keep it moving. Hey, hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. I'm not gonna fight with you about who the best actor is. In <laughs> <and> state property. In <laughs> state property. You know the bad thing, and, and there they're you know, like a lot of these, you know, videos from this moment and music from this moment, like you can kind of see the moments where all of the players involved said, I watched Goodfellas mm-hmm. a million times. Yep. I watched it stuff, and now I want to have my little bit. Yep for some reason i thought this came out after the wire oh. but the wire actually starts in 2002 as well mm-hmm. which you, you know i think it's 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 amazingly unfair to compare the wire to this but when you think about sort of the 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 foundation of why the wire is celebrated as much mm-hmm. is because David Simon was a reporter right, and he brought this 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 realism
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the text and and you know and, and and you know you you saw the 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 Barksdale family for the most part later on Marlowe and and when you read about it, he says a lot of this was based on yeah on my reporting right. That he had done over the years. And, you know, as you mentioned in your description, this is loosely based on a Philadelphia crime family. The Junior Black Mafia. The Junior Black Mafia from the early 80s. The bad thing is, if you take, you know, these people at their word, you know, Benny Siegel, you you know, Memphis Bleak, like all of the people around, these are men who kind of know these stories. Mm -hmm. So that what David Simon reported on, a lot of these men either lived it right, or were right there when it was happening. Yeah. And just with a bit more effort, hmm. you could have gotten some storytelling that was a little bit more than, you know, these kind of cartoon set pieces right? of people shooting up. You, you know, I think
0: the myths that these stories have become. The myths that these doing. stories
1: have become, and, and again, I think You you know, one of the reasons that I'm a huge fan of The Wire is that, you you know, when we talk about these, these you know, mostly young men in the drug trade, you know, you kind of talk about them like they're just sort of these savage animal beasts of the field. Right. But it's like any other business. Exactly. Where it takes a certain level of intelligence to succeed. Exactly. And if you were there, you knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a wasted opportunity. It's almost like instead of talking about what you actually knew, if you know, you know, I don't know Beanie Siegel, I don't know his life, I don't know these people's loves. But instead of talking about what you actually knew, you're imitating bits from movies that you've seen, right? Right. And then you get this, and then you know, again, this, the same year we're we're going to get this depiction of this exact same story, pretty much, but with all of the complexity and nuance that it takes to, you know, be a successful outlaw. Right. So, yeah. but, but yeah, you know, hey, hey, the best actor in this, that's not a conversation I'm going to have. <laughs> you think Jay-Z does better than Dame Dash? All right.
0: I also think that it was when Jay-Z Look back and watch this finished film mm-hmm. that he realized, you know what? I ain't gonna be on this Rockefeller thing much longer.
1: Oh, well, then there's well, you know, that, it wasn't
0: much longer. Hey, that is
1: the book that is yet to be written that we're all, or at least I'm waiting to read. I'm fascinated by that aspect of it. Mm, yeah. But to my early point though, this is something that kind of resonated for a minute. Like there really
0: was that moment See, when it was on, like it was
1: around.
0: I think what resonated at least with with me. Now now admittedly, I haven't gone to barbershops in a long time. But um it, I think what resonated and then around this time I wasn't even going to barbershops um, cuz I had locks <laughs> long ago. <laughs> um what was resonating was the audacity of state property beans coming up from the streets, because yes, they were streets. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they knew they were about that life. Getting the rap opportunity that they did, and then, you know, doing the whole state property clothing line, right, and now right. they were going to do a movie. So people, they wanted, you know, okay, Maybe this is the blueprint for all, you know, all these other hustlers out here.
1: Right. And they just sort of supported them.
0: Yeah. So you, yeah. So you support that. And and I think, and, and, and in doing so, you know, I give it up to him. God bless, you know, but if your finished product doesn't show any, like at the end of the day, a state property album, regardless of what I may say of the think of the lyrics and the music, at the end of the day, it was a professional album. Yes. That was done in a, it, it, that sound like it was professionally made in a studio. Yes. If you only give that same level of care to the film. Making the film. Then you, maybe you've got something, not a great movie, but something worth at least looking at. Right, Aesthetically. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but they didn't. It was, it was just quickly going for the lowest common denominator. Yeah. You know? Which I also thought was actually indicative of a lot of their clothing line because they're basically just stamping state property on whatever. Right, so right. So I never got into a whole lot of, like the last of those celebrity um, clothing lines, and I don't think I've ever actually ever gotten to any celebrity clothing line. The only one that I ever really hardcore supported was um you know everybody for a minute supported like cross colors right right, right. Back. but i i supported fubo okay i like i i did like fubo i thought fubo was a, of of a higher and there was design quality. there yeah and there was a design there was, there was an design. artistry to yeah. to what he was doing uh, the rest of them um even to a de, even to a degree fat farm i mm-hmm. thought it was pretty much you know russell like you know chasing Polo. Jason He's Tom Polo. figure, yeah. You know, so it, I didn't see a whole lot of like, you know, originality in his stuff either. Right. You know, but I I certainly never bought anything state property.
1: Right, right, right. Well there you go.
0: Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's our review of State Property. That's so No, don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch it. Please do not waste your time. Oh yeah, there's no reason to like Vince said, watch the wire. If you have already watched the wire, watch the wire again. Because you missed something. Because trust me, you did. For and honestly, the wire is the reason why I am hesitant to watch something like The Shy. Even though I think The Shy is basically a different story, yeah, yeah, it's a
1: different, yeah.
0: But for but because The Wire, which yes did talk about the drug trade, but because it did go into like different aspects of corruption, right. in this city of Baltimore, like there's almost a a part of when I see certain TV shows or movies, like ah. Uh, I've been there, done that, saw The Wire. Right. And, and that's not fair. I no, no, not No, fair. no, 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 because we Because watched- people t- say I should see, watch yeah, The Chi. Yeah,
1: it's also on my list. See? Yeah. But it's lot of stuff on my list. There is a lot of stuff I'm on s- our list. sitting, dicking around with loss in Space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: Alright, so... This whole month was a terrible idea. Are we going to have to do this every year? <laughs> like, do you just want this to be your thing every May?
0: No, we don't have to do this again. Yeah, because I hated this. But, 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 however, while we don't have to do this again, I do think that we, in selecting our films... Should every once in a while make sure that we're we're getting some of the
1: we're doing the bad the pro- ones.
0: I mean, I think we, you know, we.
1: Well, all right. Well, we. I'll, I'll just say all right because yeah. these were terrible.
0: I mean, yes, they were. They were. Even though some would argue that is Passenger Fifty Seven terrible? No, it's not terrible. It's movie. just a
1: bad movie. But, yeah, but yeah, four in a row is. This was hurt. This is this hurt my soul a little bit. Yeah. I think Passenger 57... I kind of sawed very heavily as I was watching State Property.
0: See, I think you're going to look back on this block of shows and you're going to be mad you selected Passenger 57. Right. Like because you should, when you block, you're right. You like should have been in there with... State Property, yeah. Welcome Home Brother Charles, and Soul Plane. No, we're not Welcome Home Brother Charles. Um, oh, not Welcome Home Brother Charles.
1: Yeah, it's Welcome Home Brother no, Charles. Not, bro, no, it was um the Tyler Perry one. Diary of a Diary Mad, of Mad Black, Black
0: Woman. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Welcome Home Brother Charles was your oh, Afro futurism. Oh, yeah, I like. claim Welcome Home Brother Charles. Okay, so State Property, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yes. Soul
1: Plane. Yes, and then yeah, Passenger 57 shouldn't have been in there.
0: Yeah, I mean... You're right, you're right. Yeah, mm. yeah bad vents.
1: Oh Well, I needed something. I need something to breathe. <laughs> Jeez, these <laughs> some bad movies right here. <laughs> So no pressure, but Lynn, you're going to have to bring it next week. Do I? Yeah, you do. Don't come on. Don't, 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 don't don't do no foolishness. What are we going to do next week? Give me something to, give me something, give me something to chew on. Give me something to, give me something, give me something, Lynn. Like it don't have to be killer sheep or anything, but, but give me something. I need something, Lynn. Okay. I need some nuance. I need some acting. You need some acting? Oh. Give me something, Lynn. Give me come on, give it to me. You're acting asking for a lot if you want acting. <laughs> <laughs> come on, give it to me. Come
0: on. I need it. Okay. I think you'll like this one. Okay, please. come on. I think I think I'm gonna do you uh, do you a solid. Do me a solid, Lynn. All right. All right. Next week. Yes. On the Michelle mission. Yes. We will be reviewing. All right, here we go. Menace to society. Wow. Okay. Wow. Why? Why? Why are you going so big? kind I figured <laughs> we need as depressing as that film is. We need a little sunshine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was I was tossing between that and another film, but I actually want to see if I can get, um, there's a guest I want to see if I can get on for the other film, so I don't Okay. Wanna, I don't want to throw it out there yet. Alright, is this,
1: is this our fir- I, I mean, I guess Poetic Justice, no, but not really, like, this is our first kind of West Coast
0: Gangster?
1: Like one of those things, yeah. 90s we done West Boys Coast? In the hood.
0: Yeah, we haven't done any of I them. I you want to say straight out of Compton, but that's not really what
1: No, Gangster. right, right, right. That wouldn't count.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, Hughes Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And I we I don't think we've done them yet. I don't think we've done any film by the Hughes Brothers. We didn't do Dead Presidents? Nope. We didn't do Dead Presidents? Nope. Okay. Well, all right. All right. So, Menace to Society. Menace to Society. All right. Yeah. And you got to give the, the audience something to, to, to watch. Yeah. Because yeah, we've been asking them to watch mm-hmm. some. We've been asking them to do a lot. Yeah. It's, it's some losers. Okay. All right. All right. So, next week, Menace to Society. Here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, which you can catch as a radio show on 1 p.m. every Saturday on W. PPM, LP, 106.5 FM, People Powered Media, phillycam.org here in Philadelphia and Camden, and also catch it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and we know you're finding us on Spotify. Yes. And every place that good podcasts be, including as a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, where you can check out a whole host of shows curated just for your enjoyment just like The Feast which is history on a plate. Check it out. They just finished their second season. It was pretty dope. Um, I think we uh, covered everything right there. I believe so. I think we have. Um, And they're okay. So he's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.